calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. Listen to mysteries about true histories on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most, and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on Earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This frosty tale, Story Club members, might make you scramble in fear from the sinister snowman in your yard. It's one I call Ice Scream. Mark Flanagan loved the snow, but he didn't like eating it, especially when he was forced to. Randy Stone and Lee Clark had kicked over Mark's snowman. Then the bullies had knocked him to the frozen ground and force-fed him snow. Eat up, weirdo, they said while laughing. Randy and Lee left Mark on the ground, choking and sobbing, his face burning in bright red from the snow bath they'd given him. He was sick of those boys, the scare pair. Ever since he moved to this town of Furvale, they'd picked on him. For some reason, his fellow fifth graders hadn't in for him. I'm gonna get you back, Mark hissed quietly as the bullies strolled away, cackling. I don't know how, but I will. The first snow of the year had fallen on the December morning before the holiday break. After school, it had really piled up. Mark shuffled out to the vacant lot behind his house to build the best snowman he could. He even found this great hat and scarf that were just sitting on the side of the road. The hat was an old black felt fedora, and the scarf was long and also black. They were old, vintage accessories. It was odd in the cold weather that somebody wasn't wearing them, but you never know why things end up lying around outside. Maybe the strong windstorm had ripped them off some person and sent them across town? Anyway, they looked great on the snowman, or would look great, once he finished it. Mark had only gotten to the second part of the snowman body when the bullies had shown up. Thankfully, Randy and Lee didn't steal the hat and scarf. They were more interested in just picking on him, which seemed like the modus operandi for all bullies. Mark picked himself up once Randy and Lee departed and finished the snowman. He used some old black buttons his mom had in her sewing kit for eyes and took a long, gnarled carrot out of the refrigerator for a nose. A strand of old, frayed rope made a nice mouth. He tried to make it smile, but the rope mouth came off more as a smirk. Then he added the coup de grace, the black scarf and hat. Mark wrapped it around the frosty neck of the new-made snowman and then adorned its icy skull with the hat. 
he stuck a couple of elm tree branches on its sides for arms, and it was done. Okay, so the snowman who was supposed to be smiling and happy looking looked a little creepy with its crooked smile and arms that appeared more like twisted spidery wooden claws. But that wasn't the creepiest part. After Mark went home that night, had dinner, and climbed into bed, he had the weirdest dream. He was out in the field standing alone. What was he doing out here? He walked toward a nearby house. In the reflection of a window, he realized that he was the snowman. But how? Eh, it was a dream. He'd go with it. He'd get his revenge on Randy Stone and Lee Clark for sure. He knew where they lived. Mark, as the snowman, stalked across town. Whenever a car would drive past, he would freeze in place, which was easy to do for a snowman, until the vehicle would depart. Nobody needed to know about a living, breathing snowman on an icy winter's night out for bitter revenge. What was that saying? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Welp, being a snowman was about as cold as one could get. And the revenge would certainly be cold. Bone-chillingly bitter, in fact. The living snowman made its way to Randy's house, and he was in luck. Lee was there. It was Friday night, so Lee was obviously an overnight guest. They were actually sitting in the backyard around a fire. They were drinking root beers and laughing. They were talking about all the kids at school that they'd scared, chased, bullied, and terrified, as well as a few more they were going to get when school started back up in January. And that Mark Flanagan kid, Randy said, there's something off about him. I'm really gonna make him hurt. Yeah, Lee said, we should throw him in the Furvale River and see how long he can swim in icy water. <laughs> That's a great idea, bro, Randy said, and they clinked their aluminum cans of root beer together. Let's do it. Hey, Randy, where did that snowman come from? Oh, my little brother must have made it. It's sure as heck creepy. Your little bro didn't make it, dude. It wasn't there two seconds ago. Wait, Lee, it's moving. It's coming this way. Run! When Mark woke up the next morning, he felt like he'd slept for a year. He was well-rested like he'd never been before. Checking outside, there was more snow than yesterday. It was Saturday morning. Time to go out and play. He skipped breakfast, threw on his snow boots, scarf, knit hat, and parka, and ran outside. And then he realized that the night before wasn't a dream. He could feel it. Somehow, in a way, what happened in his dream the night before was a reality. But it was more like a living nightmare than a dream. All Mark could think of was that there must have been some dark magic in that old hat and scarf he'd found. The snowman stood in the vacant lot like before, his hat on his snowy skull and dark scarf blowing in the wind. Next to the snowman, however, on either side, was Randy and Lee frozen in place, with icy grimaces on their face, as if the last thing they saw before being put into a deep freeze was absolute terror. But what disturbed Mark most was the snowman. His once crooked rope mouth that he couldn't form into a proper smile now had the biggest, widest smile he'd ever seen. That story was no joke. I'm telling you, it left me completely cold. Even my goosebumps had goosebumps. Guess we'll see what happens to Randy and Lee once the sun comes out. Will their frozen souls melt into warm, caring spirits? Guess we're gonna have to wonder about this chilly conclusion. <laughs> 
Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most, and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on Earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This puzzling tale, Story Club members, might make you stay away from random board games. It's one I call Mysterious Mansion. Jonas and Noah Hulkenberg were bored to the point of death. The violent electric storm had knocked out all the power. It'd been hours since then, and it felt like an eternity in the dark, empty house. Their phones and tablets had flatlined 45 minutes ago. No internet, no TV. How would Jonas and Noah survive? Their parents still hadn't come back from the grocery store across town. Where were they? Let's play a game, Noah, the younger of the two brothers, suggested. The only games we have are those moldy old board games. It's something to do, Jonas. Come on! Down in the basement, they searched around in the storeroom for games. This was the one room in the house that was a complete mess. It looked like a tornado had ripped through it. Everything that was discarded seemed to end up in this room. Jonas and Noah had to walk around the maze of books and step over old toys to get to the stack of games on the cluttered shelves. As Jonas had figured, they were the same old, boring games that everyone had. Candyland, Battleship, Monopoly. <laughs> Monopoly. More like monotony. What's this one? Noah said as he poked through the mess with a flashlight. It's called Mysterious Mansion. I've never heard of it. Jonas gazed at the game his kid brother handed him. The cardboard box was sunken, dented, and faded with much of the art worn off. This looks pretty old school. Jonas figured that the game must be at least 80 years old by the look of it. But as he opened the box, he couldn't find a date or even a maker of the game. It was like it was one of a kind. It kinda looks cool, Noah said. Let's try it out. It seems kinda old and lame. Come on, Jonas, don't be such a stick in the mud. All right, fine. We'll give it one round. And if it's more boring than watching grass grow, we're gonna play another game. The board was the top view of Mystery Mansion. Jonas and Noah had to roll the dice to discover clues about the missing man, Professor I Am Nobody, who went missing while seeking a treasure that was hidden somewhere within the walls of the crumbling old manor. As they rolled the dice and began to play, lightning flashed. The flashlight went out. Jonas grabbed it and pounded the end of it. The light came back on. Except when it did, Jonas and Noah didn't find themselves in the living room where they'd set up the game at the table. Instead, they were actually in the old mansion. The wallpaper was old, the furniture antique. A violent electric storm raged outside here too. Whoa, we're in the game, Noah exclaimed, disbelieving. No kidding, Noah, but how? It happened when you rolled two sixes with the dice. That's called a midnight. Jonas gazed down at his watch. The digital numbers turned to 1201. So somehow rolling a midnight at midnight at the exact moment that the lightning flashed brought us into this old and creepy game? Your theory is better than mine, Jonas. What's yours, Noah? Um, I don't have one. Well, we need to get out of this game. How do we do it? Try rolling the dice. After 10 minutes of rolling dice, nothing changed. Jonas made a plan. Maybe we'll have to search this scary old mansion for clues. They didn't have a flashlight anymore, but there were plenty of candles and matches. Jonas lit a candelabra, which provided enough glowing light. They crept down the hallway of the old, dark house. There was a pounding inside the walls. Jonas pounded back, recognizing the pounding as Morse code. 
Jonas didn't know Morse code, except for dot dot dot, dash dash dash, dot dot dot, which were three quick taps followed by three long taps followed up by three more quick taps. Everyone knew SOS. Jonas knocked twice for yes. He didn't know if that was accurate Morse code, but it seemed to be a universal acknowledgement. Hey, look, Jonas, two fire axes. Noah pointed to a wall that Jonas hadn't noticed before. Sure enough, two fire axes were there under glass. The brothers shattered the glass and pulled out the axes. Whoever's behind the wall needs our help, Noah. But what if it's some kind of monster tricking us, Jonas? We have axes. Good point. They chopped through the wallpapered wall. Then discovered a man who looked around 35 years old on the other side of it. Hello, boys, the man said. My name is Thomas Hulkenberg. Jonas noticed a family resemblance. Wait, are you my dad's dad? Who's your dad? His name is William Hulkenberg. Yes, that's my Billy. We're his sons, which means you're our grandfather. How strange, boys. But you disappeared when my father was about 10 years old. Nobody ever knew what happened to you. It's like you vanished off the face of the earth. That was like, what, 25 years ago? The man couldn't speak for a moment. Ah, <sighs> 25 years. Gone all that time. He looked like he wanted to cry. I found this old game at a pawn shop. I thought it'd be a nice present for Billy's 10th birthday. But one night during an electrical storm, the power went out. I couldn't sleep, and around midnight I started playing it. Then I ended up here and haven't been able to get out since. You say I've been missing for over two decades, but to me it only seems like a few days. You mean to say we're trapped inside the mysterious mansion game with our young grandpa? Noah said. That's what it looks like, boys. Unless we put our noggins together and figure out the mystery to escape. Meanwhile, back at home, William Hulkenberg and his wife returned home from the grocery store. They were late as the bridge had washed out, forcing them to find an alternate route back to the house. Inside, it was silent. In the dining room, they found the mysterious mansion game open on the table, but their son's gone. Now the mystery for them began. Man, that's so sad. I hope that Jonas and Noah can find their way out of the mysterious mansion game before all their friends are old enough to go off to college. If I were stuck in a board game, I would definitely want it to be Candyland. I mean, you could do worse than be stuck in the candy cane forest or gumdrop mountain for years on end, am I right? <laughs> Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features, like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. 
The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on Earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This reflective tale, Story Club members, might make you not want to say a certain person's name in a mirror three times. It's an urban legend known as Bloody Mary. Alright, beloved listeners, you've been telling me what you want to hear, and I've been listening. Believe it or not, Bloody Mary was an urban legend on my list since I started this podcast over a hundred and some episodes ago, but for some reason, I didn't share it. Until now. So look out, Story Club members, because Bloody Mary is coming to a bathroom mirror near you. Bloody Mary is a divination ritual, simply a fancy word for prophecy or future-seeking. One of the earliest rituals was for young women, in a darkened house to hold a candle and a hand mirror and walk up a flight of stairs backwards. Please, please, please do not do this, listeners. It's a seriously bad and dangerous idea for many, many reasons. So, back to the divination ritual. Once the young woman did that, calling to Bloody Mary three times, they were supposed to see in the mirror the face of their future husband. That is, if fortune was kind to them. If not, they would either see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper, meaning they would die before they would marry. Alright, let me say this right now just to state the obvious. Walking up a flight of stairs backwards in the dark holding a candle and a mirror is definitely a way to tempt death and decrease the chance of you seeing your next birthday, let alone your wedding. Anyway, later versions of the story were much bloodier and scarier. They would involve a person turning off the lights in a bathroom, lighting a candle, and saying Bloody Mary into a mirror a number of times, sometimes three times, and sometimes as many as the unlucky number of 13. The image of Bloody Mary is then supposed to appear, often covered in blood, hence her name. It's often her corpse or her ghost, but beware, the scarlet-drenched ghost of Bloody Mary might not be friendly. The evil spirit may curse you, harm you physically, drink your blood, or even steal your soul. So, you know, it's a legend that has its variations in different cultures and regions. But, like I said earlier, climbing upstairs backwards in the dark is never a good idea to call for Bloody Mary. You don't want to become a ghost yourself. Some experts say that the Bloody Mary phenomenon is that if you stare at a mirror in a dimly lit room long enough, your eyes may start playing tricks on you and you may hallucinate. Kind of like those popular posters you're supposed to stare at for a long time to see a new design or an image. Bloody Mary is such a popular urban legend that she's inspired several movies, video games, and even popular songs. The bottom line is that Bloody Mary tends to get around, with or without bathroom mirrors. My friend Autumn Nash told me that when she was a kid, her best friend at the time, Trisha Larson, dared her to sit in the bathroom mirror with a lit candle and conjure Bloody Mary to tell her fortune. Well, the only thing that happened to Autumn is that she concentrated so hard on the mirror, she accidentally fell asleep and cracked her head on the counter. The only thing she ended up with were three stitches in her forehead. So much for Bloody Mary in that instance. More like Bloody Autumn. 
The most embarrassing and painful part, though, was explaining to her parents what happened and all the kids at school. So, there you have it, beloved listeners. A pretty cut-and-dry version of the Bloody Mary myth, just like you asked for. Speaking of asking for stuff, the pizza dude should have been here like 30 minutes ago. So, does this mean my Super Supreme special will be free? Let's hope so. Free food is the best price ever. <laughs> Did today's urban legend freak you out, beloved listeners? Well, if you need some less eerie tales after today's Bloody Mary Story Club episode, then just head over to the Go Could Go network. There are so many adventures to enjoy with Go Could Go, like Bobby Wonder, about a 10-year-old alien who has to protect the town of Flukerville from villainous Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow, and Martha and Waffle being totally hilarious nitwits in the underground world of Flusville. Go Could Go even has an underwater adventure show called Whale of a Tale about the brother and sister exploring team Atlas and Xavier who live in a submarine shaped like a whale. So join me in searching for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, Flusville, and Whale of a Tale wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'll meet you back here tomorrow for another Story Club tale, beloved listeners. After all, Story Club members deserve their daily scare fix, and I'm here to deliver, unlike my pizza guy. Remember to email me your ideas and feedback anytime at ivy at gokidgo.com to help me out. For now, Ivy out. Go Kid Go! Food is an important part of our lives. Not only do we need it to be strong and healthy, but it can be a way we connect with others, like when you're sitting around the dinner table with friends or family. So what happens when someone commits a food crime? Food crimes are things like sneaking Halloween candy before school with a sibling, or making dessert that only you like, even when the whole family was looking forward to dessert. There are two sides to every story, so when a food crime is committed, we simply have to hear the whole truth. And in the show Food Crimes, you can listen as real kids bring their real stories to the food court. They explain the crime in question and make their case to the judge. So if you'd like to see if justice is served, be sure to listen to Food Crimes wherever you listen to podcasts.